Hello and welcome to Constitution Corner. I'm your host, Robert Owens. With the midterm elections still lingering in the pit of our stomach like a plate of bad leftovers, it reminds me of an article Time Magazine published following another questionable election. The article was titled, The Secret History of the Shadow Campaign That Saved the 2020 Election. It stated, in a way, Trump was right. There was a conspiracy unfolding behind the scenes, one that both curtailed the protests and coordinated the resistance from CEOs. Both surprises were the result of an informal alliance between left-wing activists and business titans. The pact was formalized in a terse, little-noticed joint statement of the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and AFL-CIO published on Election Day. Now, who are these business titans? You can identify them by their associations and actions. First, look at the Council on Foreign Relations members and corporations and media. You can find them easily in the excellent TNA reprint, CFR, Still Behind the Throne, available at shopjbs.org. Know the list and have it with you as a reference guide. When you see so-called experts on TV news pushing a globalist propaganda message, there's a very high likelihood that they are members of the Council on Foreign Relations. You can also identify conspirators by their actions. For example, in the 2020 election, the media cover-up of Hunter Biden's laptop story had a definite impact on the results. And the first in the rush to spike the story was Twitter. Now, many have asked me, is there some way to force social media platforms to comply with the First Amendment? Currently, social media outlets like Facebook and YouTube claim that they can censor any content they don't like because they are private companies and they can do what they want. They claim that the First Amendment does not apply to them for that reason. And they also cite a provision in federal law called the Internet Good Samaritan Law, found at 47 U.S. Code Section 230, subsection C2. Because many of the companies have businesses in foreign countries, this also complicates matters as failure to abide by rules in, say, Germany or China impacts revenue for them. There are two solutions to address this issue, but one of them is far better than the other. The best solution to this issue is the free market. Don't like Facebook censorship? Don't use Facebook. Or use a different service. Or horrors, read a book instead. Don't like YouTube? Use Rumble. Or let this sink in. Have a rich guy buy Twitter, take it private, and declare himself chief twit. When Musk sacked the far left board at Twitter, I hope they remembered how we're all in this together. You can follow me now on Twitter, at Robert Owens JD. My initial tweet dealt with the 2020 election and the efficacy of the mRNA shot. I said things that would no doubt get banned on YouTube. The tweet is still up without comment from Twitter. The second option is to treat social media platforms as state actors. A state actor is a legal term of art that generally describes private companies that are in a special relationship with the government, such that the constitutional rights of the public must be respected. A prime example is the Supreme Court case of Burton versus Wilmington Parking Authority, which challenged the exclusion of Black people from a private restaurant. 
The restaurant at issue in Burton was the Eagle Coffee Shop, located in Wilmington, Delaware. It operated in a commercial space that was part of a parking garage that the government agency, in this case the Wilmington Parking Authority, had constructed and operated. Having parked his car in the garage, a black man named William Burton attempted to eat in the coffee shop only to be refused service. He then sued both the parking authority and the coffee shop for violating his equal protection rights under the 14th Amendment. The issue before the Supreme Court was whether the coffee shop was a state actor for purposes of the Constitution, which the court readily found to be the case. The fact that the coffee shop was physically part of the parking garage indicates that degree of state participation and involvement in discriminatory action, which it was the design of the 14th Amendment to condemn. Other critical cases include Carter versus Carter Coal Company, Skinner versus Railway Labor Association, and Marsh versus Alabama. Because the Constitution is superior to statutes, the First Amendment would effectively trump any Section 230 defenses raised by big tech. The second option is not as appealing as it involves government dictating business decisions to private enterprises. This is to be avoided, if at all possible, as that concept generally leads to other and potentially bigger problems. Don't just know your Constitution, live it. Join with me every week as we give a fresh perspective on topics that matter to you and to your liberties. Please visit jbs.org and thenewamerican.com to find more information about this topic, as well as other critical information. And please, share this with others.